0: Uh, Speak to us about crowdfunding, and the topic about crowdfunding has popped up in a few, and in virtually every single uh, speaker has mentioned at least once. I think today, um, Lorena's actually started something in that space and, and successfully played in that space. You want to set up, some of Lorena I'll stand to the side. so sure, much. Um, Lorien is, is an interesting uh, person, uh, many friends, uh, had a very engaging conversation about life the universe and everything with him last night. Uh, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, yeah, please do speak to him, I think Thank he you. welcomes all uh, Um He's been uh, interviewed on the Kaiser Report, uh, he said Max Kaiser. Uh, in fact, I think he enjoyed Max um, so uh, he's got a, he's definitely, uh, I think I've heard the words, Mr. Uh, Bit, Mr. Bitcoin South Africa was <coughs> coined or used, <laughs> um, so definitely really is a disruptor, he does a lot of consulting on the blockchain to companies, um, and I think the one thing that he really has is a use case uh, that he has created and is running as we speak uh, well, in the yeah. space. Thank you uh, uh, everyone, thank you for the organisers for such a great <coughs> event, Yaku and Naomi, um, it's uh, amazing that all this was done without sponsors, uh, you know, I mean obviously Quadra IT, but uh, this was an initiative that was created just from the spirit of this thing that is now being created. Um, so uh, I just wanted to say thank you for organizing such a cool event and it's so nice to be with so many people that are all kind of thinking in the same way I'm thinking you know I can see the future can see all these new things that are coming out of the space and are willing to entertain it you know it's not just skepticism Um, you know our minds are open Uh, it's been a very lonely place for years I've been involved in blockchain uh, and well actually Bitcoin uh, uh, since 2010 uh, trying to preach Bitcoin and tell people how it's going to change the world then over the last year, it's become about blockchain. Um, but uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, now I can see people—you know—they're all getting into this. We're all understanding it, and uh, uh, we're all excited. Um, so I'm quickly set this up. Do you mind? Would everybody stand up, and just stretch a bit? And then, uh, do you feel like you need to? I think it's—I think it's important to get some blood. <laughs> comes along. Um, you know, we love you new. Know, we love upgrades, and we love new features, but really new things, uh, you know, there's a universal response to them, it's always fear and doubt and suspicion, you know, uh, uh, every technology that has ever existed, that has ever come out, if you just think about telephones and cars and airplanes, you know, they weren't met with, oh my goodness, the world is a better place, you know, almost universally, those technologies were, were considered fright- frightening, if you think about telephones, people were now suddenly terrified that you'd never want to go out and meet people, you know, you'd, you'd just sit in your house and, and phone them, or radios, you know, now you're never going to go to shows. You just going to sit in your dark room and listen to the, the radio so this is just the nature of technology as soon as something new comes along uh, you know it's not it's not like you're open to it you know you you doubt it uh, and there might be frightening things about it but eventually they become mainstream and uh, we then can't imagine life without it so uh, I guess this is the, the way I like this picture because it just kind of shows the human spirit you know as soon as something strange comes along all you want to do is kill it you know, you don't want to embrace it a wholeheartedly. You don't know if those aliens are going to be bringing gifts. You know, you just uh, immediately distrust them. So, anyway, that, that was uh, uh, funny. <laughs> I, I think so. <coughs> okay, can you guys uh, hear me? Okay, cool. Okay, so um, the uh, the first slide that I have, uh, you know, 20 years ago, uh, there was a lot of excitement about a new technology that was coming along. Uh, uh, there were forums like this, and people who were suspicious, but also people who were excited about a potential future, where now instead of us being uh, uh, having to, uh, you know, if you wanted to have a voice. Uh, You had to go through some mainstream publishing company or something like that. That technology was the internet and and the kind of promise that it it had was that now everybody could have a voice. We could all connect uh, directly to people, we could uh, join communities and societies uh, without having to go through some kind of central conduit uh, that governed it and controlled it. And um, uh, that was the hope of the internet, that we would live in a world that was decentralized. Uh, Everybody could contribute, and and, uh, there wouldn't be any, uh, 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 you know, uh, little uh, closed communities. Uh, But we know what happened with the internet. You know, everything became siloed. Uh, If you just think about all the biggest services, everything that you use today, you know, the internet is not actually this diverse, enormous place. Uh, you know if you if you shop online there's a few retailers if you use social networking there's a few of those Um, uh, even uh, things like Uber I know there's uh, the services like Lyft but uh, at the end of the day the internet has become very dominated by these uh, uh, siloed uh, uh, organizations that manage to own uh, those communities and we heard how Facebook does that Uh, they own all your data they, they control what you can and can't do, we've heard about censorship um, but the internet didn't realize that potential the, the potential that we thought it would uh, and this is the, the state that we live in today. And there's actually a very uh, good reason for this. Um, uh, You know, when creating a service, let's say creating something like Facebook, um, you know, a a platform like Facebook is very complicated. You know, it uh, needs a lot of investment. Uh, You need to have developers, you need to build uh, technologies that can scale. And um, having something that's open source, even though open source technologies have been with us forever, uh, it's very difficult to kind of um, uh, corral or bring all those uh, skills together, all that tech uh, and uh, in an open source way that creates these valuable uh, uh, communities that we end up joining. And um, uh, th- this, is just, this is just how it is, you know, to, to try and create a, a distributed service or, or an open source uh, service. You're always going to be facing that issue of, well, okay, Linux is open and friendly and uh, you can do whatever you like with it, but it's not as shiny as OSX, you know, it doesn't have some great, like all those great animations and all those great apps. Um, we need a company that can now uh, raise money through investment, and then can provide services around that. So, like Facebook, they they manage to sell uh, data uh, to their advertisers, um, and they can get investments to now go and incre- improve their their services. Uh, now, if you think about Uber as well, uh, Uber you know is all about. Uh, when people talk about Uber, they say, well, we now we're decentralizing this whole passenger uh, um, uh, driver type thing, but. Uh, uh, again, there we have now not a true decentralized service. At the end of the day, Uber is owning all those people and creating a, a value a value there, and uh, we need them to do it. Uh, uh, and we need a company that can do that for us uh, because they need to build that service out, and it uh, takes a lot of money. Now, um, if you think about the way Uber works, um, uh, we have drivers and we have uh, passengers, but we have what's called a hub and spoke model. Now, this is, this is exactly the same for every other service, all the ones that I spoke to you about before. And uh, that, that hub, the thing in the middle there, allows passengers to connect with those drivers. But at the end of the day, all it's doing is performing a financial function. You know, it, it is the one that is allowing us to transact with those drivers in a safe and secure way. Um, you know, where we don't have to worry about uh, uh, you know, the, if the if payment is going to be uh, successful or, or not. Um, but you know, in a, in a world that we live in, uh, wouldn't it be nice if we could create the situation where uh, those passengers um, uh, and drivers didn't have to connect through this, this hub-and-spoke model, if they could now go and connect directly? Uh, and you can see that uh, this, this, this hub is performing that financial function. So if they were to connect directly, what we would have is the ability now for these these customers to pay uh, their drivers directly. But even though we we all know where this is going, we know how blockchain has allowed us to do this, to be able to make financial transactions in a peer-to-peer way, um, there's still that that whole thing about okay, well, who's going to create that platform? Um, You know, uh, that Uber. Um, And uh, uh, I think this is now uh, where this blockchain is taking us. I think none of us can really uh, fathom or imagine how the world is going to change and how these services that exist today are going to be disrupted. Now, we, we all get an inkling of it now now that we've all been involved in blockchain and peer-to-peer uh, transactions. But, uh, you know, uh, and, a, and a lot of what blockchain, the promise of blockchain now is that it's going to go and streamline uh, existing business processes and it's going to make things better, cheaper, quicker, faster. But uh, I think what's going to happen in the same way that the internet surprised us uh, in the early days, you know, we, we couldn't have imagined things like social networking. Uh, so there's all these new business models Models and new ways of doing things that have, have risen out of the internet. So, blockchain has so much more potential than uh, just being able to uh, connect uh, people in a financial transaction, transaction, where a token can represent a security or bond or uh, a, you know, a, a loyalty point or, or whatever other of the million use cases that exist. The blockchain is going to be something that can, de- that can decentralize all those types of services that I said to you before and create a world where uh, it is possible to have a, 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 a service like Uber or a service like Facebook uh, to exist where we don't need a, a hub that is now going to be uh, monetizing that information and being able to uh, 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 build up that service and build up that platform Um, and uh, if you just think about how uh, steam works, now steam to me the reason I I only discovered steam a few weeks ago but immediately I could see how uh, you could create a platform where the contributors to that platform can, can benefit financially directly from the people that are actually using that service so instead of us, if we were thinking about Uber, paying Uber uh, some kind of commission to upkeep that system, we could uh, 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 directly pay the people who are contributing to that system, not just in a content way, which is how Steam it works, but actually the developers of, of the platform. Uh, and, then, and then we could be able to uh, uh, actually do away with these hubs, these central uh, services that provide value to customers. Now um, uh, obviously there's been a lot of hype Around blockchain, and, 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 and almost exactly a year ago, this article came out uh, uh, on the Economist, and uh, you know the whole world, the whole world's sort of gone crazy now for this blockchain thing. You know where there's these crazy statements from World Economic Forum saying that blockchain is going to be the beating heart of finance, um, Goldman Sachs saying it's going to change everything. You know everybody's now uh, jumping on this blockchain bandwagon. Uh, uh, and uh, I think a lot of it is uh, is justified but not in the ways that we think. Uh, in fact Gartner has a, a hype cycle, uh, you know, it's a technology hype cycle. And uh, this this uh, could easily if you just look at that dot com crash, uh, this is exactly what that uh, the Nasdaq looked like. You know there's there's usually when a new technology comes along, a technology trigger where everybody hears about it and then suddenly everyone just piles in thinking this is the next be- the next big thing and it's going to do all these wonderful things for us, and we better get in now. We better buy stock. Uh, you know, just you know, if you think about cryptocurrencies, you know, the, these altcoins. Whenever a new altcoin comes out, just today or yesterday, there was a new one. Um, you can just see the, the same picture always happens. You know, there's this huge uh, pump up, this hype, uh, and then uh, what happens is there's this kind of reality sets in, and there's this crash into this trough of disillusionment. Now uh, Gartner uh, actually has put blockchain onto this hype cycle and uh, it's put it about over there. And I actually agree with them. I think there's going to be uh, this kind of uh, uh, like time in the near future where all this investment that is going into blockchain and with all these banks and all these businesses and all these new types of ways of using blockchain, I think they're going to realize that, okay, hang on, a blockchain isn't good for everything, it's not going to be the silver bullet. Uh, and in fact, uh, I think the, the, one of the most important things about a blockchain, uh, if not the most important thing, is this idea of decentralization where we can create services where we don't need somebody to manage it for us. If, you, if you've heard of that term, a private blockchain, that just doesn't make sense. Uh, uh, in any, in, 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 It doesn't make sense at all. And uh, you know, uh, blockchain is being co-opted by private organizations. Even organizations like banks who now have competing banks that they have to have relationships with, they still are creating these private blockchains. And I think this is where the crash is going to happen. You know, everyone's going to realize Blockchain is not good at being privatized and controlled. Uh, it's, it's the same as an intranet. Okay, sure, you can have an intranet and it might be useful within your organization, but it makes no sense in a, in a broader sense. Um, so, uh, if, you're, if you're exploring blockchain and all the opportunities in blockchain, keep this in mind. Um, keep in mind that this is going to impact the world where wherever you can imagine a, a service that is given to us, like a, a social network or an Uber, or even uh, an Amazon Web Services, um, or uh, an Amazon.com. Uh, you know, those types of services are the ones that are going to be changed completely. Uh, I think the disruption that is coming is is going to shock all of us in this room, even if though we think we're all open-minded. Uh, you know, the existing business models that exist today are truly at risk every one of those giant organizations that, are, that were in those silos are all potentially going to be disrupted. Um, now, uh, I told you about Uber, there's a company called uh, Arcade City that has already done this. They have now created a platform where uh, you can now connect directly to your driver. The, the software uh, is open source and you can now connect with your driver and pay that driver directly. So why do you need Uber in this situation? There's Storage or Storage A, what they're doing is they are, 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 are if you use Dropbox or Google Drive, um, uh, the way this works is that all of you, if, if you know how Airbnb, Airbnb works, all of you have unused capacity on your machines, on your laptops, on your servers. So what these guys do is they say, okay, we're going to connect all these little bits of storage that, ev- that everyone has, excess capacity, and we're going to bring it together, and you, as a customer, can now go and store your files on all these millions of different uh, uh, computers around the world. And uh, what makes that possible is that you can now pay those people who are providing you that service. So this is going to be, uh, I I think, uh, uh, of all the services and I do think Everything that you use today that you think is here forever is going to change. Um, I think one day Google Drive is going to go away. I think uh, Dropbox is going to go away. Uber is going to go away. There's a, a company called MadeSafe and what they're doing is they're saying, okay cool, we can make this global network where you can host websites and you can have email servers. Uh, you know, uh, so if you use e- email, if you use Gmail, we, you know, we're not going to need Gmail in the future. All these things not are not made possible by networks, but made possible by blockchain where you can now make payments to these uh, uh, in micro payments specifically to these services. And then Open Bazaar, if you've heard of Open Bazaar, a very cool project where you can now list your products for sale and then you can get it directly connect with your um, customers and then obviously finally steam it and I, and I and I really do like the idea of steam it um, obviously it is new and Ned was open about that you know he said listen it's still it's still young uh, it's still growing and I totally appreciate that you know I mean I'm a software engineer and I know what happens when I build software you put it out there and it breaks and then everyone you know and you got to fix it and then it you know, and as users come along it hardens and it gets better and eventually you, you know it's, it's it's great but the point behind Something like Steemit, is that here we have another uh, way, another service, and now we can disrupt Facebook or or any of these other kinds of services where people are giving their content to these organizations and they are monetizing it. Now we can, in a decentralized way, uh, uh, monetize our own value instead of having somebody else monetize it for us. So I'm very philosophically aligned with every one of these services and I'm very pleased to be here uh, at Steemit where I'm supporting the idea and uh, I hope that uh, Steemit does grow, and, uh, and because this to me is the future. And these, what we're seeing here today is kind of like the internet in the 90s, you know, where, where we saw Netscape, how, how terrible it was, you know, and we were on our 14K modems. Um, this is the, the time where we're in right now. But these are going to grow and evolve and change and fill our lives till one day the idea of having something like Facebook that has all our data, or Gmail that has all our email, is going to be this ridiculous notion. You know, that we actually gave all our content away. Um, okay, but now the whole point of this conversation was crowdfunding. Uh, so I just wanted to get into this. Okay, okay. Um, so uh, uh, now, Steemit actually, I, strangely enough, the first thing I thought about when I was and went on to Steemit is like, hey, this is a great crowdfunding platform. Because, you know, I posted an article on there. I said, hey, guys, look what I'm doing. I'm doing this crowdfunding project. Uh, and immediately I got all these votes and I, and I started earning money and I thought, hey, this is so cool. You know, like now anybody who has some, some cause or some goal or some project they're working on can go tell people about it, and uh, in, a, in this way, you know, Steamer can be used as a, as a crowdfunding platform. So I, I think that's a very cool way to use a, a platform like this. Um, but I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you now about my uh, uh, crowdfunding platform and, and other things. Um, so when it comes to crowdfunding. You know, uh, crowdfunding is awesome, uh, especially in this hyper-connected world that we live in today. You know, we live in the in the world of the internet, where now you can connect to some person in some strange country, and if your uh, your ideas are aligned, then you guys can benefit each other in some way. So now the idea is a, is a, what's called the long tail, and this applies to a lot of different things. But uh, Chris Anderson, uh, who who wrote a book about this, said, well, you know, usually you have products, and uh, you get these popular products. So popularity is on the left there, and uh, you know, and the, and then product in other words, that should be a product count, usually there's one or two very popular products. So if you think about Facebook or if you think about Google as a search engine, now there's only one or two Googles out there, you know, and one or two or three Facebooks. Um, but then uh, the, 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 the less popular something is, you know, you'll find that there are more of those t- types of services. So uh, you know, there might be, uh, if you go to the wards, the end of that chart, there might be a million services out there that are not popular at all so that's the kind of idea here now when it comes to crowdfunding uh, uh, you know somebody might say "Listen, I'm trying to crowdfund something and some are, in fact, some are even here uh, on crowdfunding um, they'll say "Listen, I've got this idea and I want to do this particular thing and uh, you know there might be one percent of the population on the planet who are like oh that's quite a cool idea but you can reach those people you those people are now at the end of this tale and uh, you can go and find uh, in this hyper connected world um, those people that, that either you, you want to fund or where you need to get funding, so crowdfunding is an incredible thing, and I'm always amazed about how how people can raise money in, in, for the weirdest things. Um, you know, it, it's, it's actually quite quite encouraging in a way. You know, we all we all have maybe good ideas, and we just think to ourselves, "There's no way anyone's anyone's ever going to want to support me." Um, but th- this is the this is the world we live in. We now have access to this, and we have had it for 20 years. But there is a problem with 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 crowdfunding where. And it boils down to finance you know uh, if somebody does want to give me 50 rand for this idea and i know 50 rand is a, a low amount but in my world perhaps but in other people's world maybe that's not a bad idea maybe that can give them allow them to buy something that will then allow them to do something else and then do something else and they can grow their business but how on earth are you going to go and pay somebody five rand, uh, 50 rand especially if you're around the world you know you might really strongly believe in that cause but you don't you know you, you can't get money to them you know remittance is crazy expensive um, also the trusted you know, you know, uh, uh, paying a person maybe they don't have access to a bank or something like that so even though this long tail is, a, is amazing and has given us this opportunity for uh, uh, people to, to raise money from you know uh, anybody um, it's always has this we always have this barrier of finance and in fact uh, this financial barrier is actually uh, has been a huge hindrance on, in my opinion on the evolution of the world from a technical perspective you know, uh, uh, again uh, thinking about things like Facebook you know, Facebook monopolises uh, social uh, media, but maybe there's a million potential Facebooks out there that could be so much better but those guys can't get, a, get off the ground because of this, this raising money thing and raising small amounts so um, uh, com- combined with uh, uh, this, uh, this, this uh, internet thing, combined with uh, being able to make uh, my, micro payments with blockchain currencies. We you know we really are going to be able to uh, grow this in ways that we ca- we cannot imagine. And the and the weirdest people with the weirdest projects are going to be able to actually. Get that kickstart that they need to make incredible things. So, you know, I, like again, I, I think we can't imagine the flowering of innovation that's going to happen around this new space that we're in today, this, this decentralized uh, currency that, you know, is not monopolized and controlled by a financial system, because that is a huge roadblock. Anyway, so now to my project. Um, uh, now I've been around for—I uh, uh, mean, I've been uh, infatuated with Bitcoin since 2010, uh, and uh, I finally got to start a company two years ago uh, called Banky Moon. And uh, I wanted to now use Bitcoin. Uh, I, uh, I mean, uh, Bitcoin. Obviously, there's other altcoins. I, I, I really think Bitcoin is—is—I mean, that's that to me is the coin that I, I trust. Um, but obviously, there are others. But I wanted to now try and see how could I now go and and use this, how can we bring value to people's lives? Um, you know, there's so many issues, what can I, what can I do? And uh, I was fortunate enough, uh, prior to founding Banking Moon, working at a smart grid company. So we were building analytics tools for smart grids and smart metering and vending systems. And uh, one of the issues in South Africa and Africa at large, uh, um, if you are uh, in other countries, in Kenya and Zambia, um, you know, when, when, uh, when people consume electricity, it's quite difficult to get the money out of them after they've actually consumed it. Uh, just look at ESCOM today, you know, ESCOM is hugely in debt, and a lot of that is because municipalities aren't paying. And the reason why municipalities aren't paying is because people aren't paying the municipalities for their electricity. So there was this huge rollout, and it's still ongoing, to roll out smart me- uh, prepaid meters throughout the, the continent. Now, prepaid leaders are cool because you know, it's pay-as-you-go. If you don't have the money, you can't consume the electricity. So that was kind of like, okay, that's the solution. We're going to do this. But in Africa, it's actually a pain to go and buy stuff because you've got to use cash. And I mean, in South Africa, there's a lot of bank people, but across Africa, 80%, that's a statistic, that don't have access to banking services. So if you want to go and buy something in Africa, you're going to use cash. Now, cash is actually inconvenient and expensive. Every time you spend cash, there are costs around that, uh, that, uh, that add to the burden of making those transactions. Now, with, with prepaid electricity, you've got to go to a vendor, you've got to travel, it's inconvenient, it's a whole a huge mission. So, we were trying to find all these different solutions at, this, at the company, and I was always in the back of my mind saying, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, of course, you don't need a bank account, you know, you can have a device mobile device and you can suddenly now make all these transactions they didn't believe in it and I thought that's it I'm going to start up a company to do this so um, I went and built a solution and this is kind of how it looks Uh, uh, it was a a, a way of being able to now convert your bitcoins back into electricity you know bitcoins kind of come from electricity with all that mining so what I did was I created a, a service which takes cryptocurrency can convert it into uh, some kind of currency, can calculate tariffs, and then can load meters uh, with, the, with the required amount of electricity, a prepaid meter. So, uh, this was now a big thing for me, and I wanted to go uh, uh, out and do this. And uh, uh, I got a lot of attention around this because, you know, in the Bitcoin world and the crypto world, any kind of solution that is using Bitcoin in a novel kind of way this applies to you if you have a solution that hasn't been done before I can promise you you will get attention for it and it might launch you into a new direction so anyway like uh, I built this and uh, I thought okay cool Well, you know what are the use cases I was invited to conferences to speak on it and they're saying okay what can you do with this and I was talking about prepaid electricity Um, but the most important thing about this is that it's cryptocurrency you know you don't have to be in the place to buy that electricity cryptocurrencies are geo there's no geography uh, uh, around uh, currencies so what you can do is you could now potentially um, make payments from anywhere in the world Uh, for electricity and for utilities and the cool thing is with this technology is that uh, uh, it goes directly to the device so let's just say some of the use cases, like you are now a student studying abroad and uh, you, you run out of electricity and you need to get some money from your mom and you phone your mom and you say, please send me money and it takes a couple of days and it's expensive and they can pay for the electricity. Well, now that mom can just directly load that meter. Uh, another use case that I came up with was, okay, imagine a needy school in Africa, um, uh, what a donor could do, a foreign donor, they could now directly purchase electricity for that school. They wouldn't have to go through an organization that, uh, you know diverts the funds and, and, and charges admin costs and opaquely does whatever they do, you know, you can have confidence that whatever you are spending is going first of all very cheaply and directly for that service so um, this could revolutionize uh, uh, crowdfunding in that respect at least uh, from a charitable perspective but also uh, uh, there's been interest in, in terms of grants you know uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, social grants that come out and say okay we're going to buy electricity for people but again they have the same issue okay we're going to distribute the funds and who's distributing those funds and, and who's diverting those funds into their own pockets and this is a huge issue uh, throughout Africa so here we now have the ability to make payments directly to the device using a cryptocurrency it's publicly auditable because it's on a blockchain and it goes directly to the machine Um, so now um, instead of talking about it uh, 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 I was in Vienna or or Prague I can't remember where I was and um, the guy said hey why don't you just do that and I thought Oh, that's a good idea why don't i just do that um so i came to uh, uh south africa um well, i live here i mean i was here but uh, i thought uh i came back and uh, i found a school uh there was a uh, there's a school in Soweto. it's not far from Vilak- uh, Vilakazi street where nelson Mandela grew up um, it's called M O N primary school it's a little tiny school 400 kids or so um, they have uh, uh, 800 000 rand debt on the electricity bill and that's not unusual. Uh, most, most schools are, are, can't pay their the electricity. Um, and I said, OK, cool, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this. I'm going like, to set this, this little school up. Uh, we went and put a, a meter into the school. Um, and I said, OK, there it is. Now now we're going to have uh, uh, foreign donors uh, paying for this. But uh, an important thing for me to do was say, OK, cool, world. Uh, here it is, uh, uh, come and, and come and check us out. So um, I was very fortunate, I have a friend uh, in Vienna, he's got a, a blockchain company called Good Singularity and he, he, he approached me a few years ago and, and we became friends because he's doing blockchain energy trading and he kind of liked this idea that I was doing this uh, uh, electricity thing and we become friends. And, um, and so um, he said, uh, uh, i tell you what, I'm going to be at MIT in Boston um, why don't we do it? Why don't we? Uh, and was getting, he was at a conference at, at MIT. Um, and so he said, uh, We can maybe do this. We can do a quick demo to the delegates there. I'll send a Bitcoin to the school, and everyone can see the electricity going through. So um, you know, and I don't know if you know where Boston is. Uh, Boston is uh, uh, America. Uh, I don't know if you, have you ever been there? But it's very far away. Uh, and uh, um, obviously, you can imagine it's not very easy uh, to send money all the way from down there, uh, or up there to down here. Um, so what we did was we we decided to do that uh, in this in this conference. I'm going to show you some. Uh, um uh, video of that in a second. So all he did was he, he took his Bitcoin device at the conference. I was skyping him uh, at the conference, uh, and you're going to see now. And he go in and sent uh, a Bitcoin to the meter um, and uh, a load of electricity. So uh, while this is playing, I'm going to just carry on talking about it. So uh, this is MoN. So uh, this is the the day uh, days before that when I was meeting the teachers and all that. Um, what uh, uh, happened was um, okay. So this is the school. It's re- it's a really sweet little school, and you know there's so many of these schools, and you can actually do this, if you want to get involved here, by the way, I, I'm looking for uh, support. But um, uh, in front of the delegates, uh, uh, you're going to see now a footage in a second of him actually at MIT. Um, there we were installing the, the device. So, what now the cool thing about this is I don't need a very clever device, I could just use any smart meter and I can integrate into it. I don't need to build technology. So, on the night of just three o'clock in the morning because the conference was at seven or eight in MIT, um, so what happened was and I'm on Skype with the the, the conference uh, guys. So, the important is that there are uh, addresses assigned to those meters. So, a Bitcoin address, uh, I can uniquely identify the Bitcoin, uh, the, the meter by the address. Remember, Blockchain is good at identity. We don't have to identify people with those things. We can identify devices. So then what happened was um, the, uh, they sent the Bitcoin and then the whole the school lit up because now suddenly there's electricity in the meter. So it happened, it took like 30 seconds to get there. And it was hugely impactful. You know, the ability now to uh, for people to see and feel they're making a contribution to uh, somebody's life. And they didn't have to uh, go through Western Union, they didn't have to go through some organization. Not to say that organization is all bad, but you know, it does kind of put a bit of friction between you know what you believe in and you know and the actual act of, of making a difference um, so what I've done now is um, I'm busy building actually and, and this is I went on to steam it and I said hey steam it um, uh, you guys can support this project uh, there's, there's one issue uh, I have to now go and buy those meters to go and put them into the schools that's really the, 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 the cost because a lot of these schools don't have these smart meters I, again it's not a specific meter any smart meter um, uh, that's the first thing I'd like to do and then the second thing is I'm busy building a you can't really see it very well here but uh, a, an actual Kickstarter type site. So what happens is you can come into the site and you can go and find a school. You can go and see pictures of the school. You can see how much electricity they need for the month to uh, to, uh, to to get through the month. Um, and uh, if you log on, it'll give you a QR code. I'm hoping to be able to use other currencies, you know, because uh, they have value and people have them and they want to spend them. Uh, and then what you can do is you can see now how much electricity is required, you can read an, uh, an address about from the principal, she'll tell you about the school and, and the issues that they're facing, where the school is, um, and uh, you can now go and directly, directly contribute. So I think this is just a, a, a novel way of, of, again, making use of this uh, from a crowdfunding perspective, but it, well, it doesn't necessarily have to happen in this way, uh, you know, crowdfunding in other ways, you know, if you have your own project or if you're in Africa and you just need this something little to be able to get you to the next step, you know, uh, these currencies can can, uh, can take that long tail right to the end, you know, uh, uh, right right down there, So and there's so much potential locked up there, so it's very exciting in those, in those respects. Um, so I don't know how much time I have, but I, I was hoping to be able to show you another project that I'm working on. Um, uh, do I have another few minutes? Okay, cool. Okay, so now, uh, that's not all I'm uh, uh, One of the biggest issues in this world, and I want to, my stated goal in life is to bring Bitcoin to Africa. Um, I think it can solve a lot of problems. Uh, and I know it'll, it'll come to the rest of the world eventually, but uh, if I can somehow speed up this process uh, in Africa, then uh, that, that'll... that'll greatly uh make uh, make me happy so but one of the issues now with uh um, uh, uh, a bitcoin and cryptocurrencies so that's just the end of my official uh show i'm going to now go launch into the next one uh the issue with these cryptocurrencies and i'm sure all of you guys are aware of this is that it's very difficult to understand Very difficult to get into, very difficult to transact with it, uh, you know, and that's a a stumbling block for a lot of people, let alone this whole idea of a decentralized cryptocurrency, you know, and what gives it value, why is it money, you know, I hope all of you guys are are, are learning your pictures so when somebody says, I don't understand Bitcoin, you can say, well, you know, this is money and it has these properties and this is why Bitcoin is money, I hope you all do that. (laughs) Um, but at the end of the day fine We can understand Bitcoin and we can all believe in it and we can believe that it's it's a non central bank issued currency and that immediately gives us confidence but at the end of the day it's not going to be worth anything unless you can't use it so now uh, uh, another thing that I'm trying to do now is actually make it easy for people to use and at the end of the day that comes down to technology Uh, and uh, so I would like to introduce you to a a, a product and a a potential new business Uh, it's called sent and uh, uh, what it is is it's going to be uh, what I'm thinking of is a, like an African Bitcoin wallet And I hope you can get to see my screenshots uh, the, the, the screen isn't so great But at the end of the day, this is going to be a wallet All right, and uh, let me let me give you some screenshots if you want I could demo to you after this but uh, on my phone um, But I am going to now tell you how it works and uh, you can you can kind of see this is what's missing in this world so um, I think the first thing is that uh, when somebody has a wallet uh, they want to register on the wallet, and they want to now see their money. And I think the, the problem that Bitcoin wallets do today is they give you this amount in Bitcoin. So you don't have 500 Rand, you've got 0.003, 5, 7, 12, you know, uh, Bitcoins. So one of the first things, a little simple little idea, is just to make it, uh, 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 use. Uh, you keep the store of value in Bitcoin, but you, dare, you show it to people in terms of their local currency. Okay, um, now in this wallet, I'm building a lot of uh, 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 functionality. It's not just, I can now send Bitcoin to people. Um, so there's going to be a, a whole host of services. I'm going to try and go through and I'm going to read some of this to you, so you can see what's going on. I hope this, you get a good idea from this. Well, the, 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 so the first thing is, you know, if you want to go shopping, you're going to want to know who, who's accepting Bitcoin. Um, and uh, there's another whole side to this business, which is my merchant uh, rollout. But uh, you want to know where you can go spend the Bitcoin. So you're going to have your map, and you're going to, as soon as you open up in your location, you can now see all the people that have uh, uh, are accepting Bitcoin. Um, that's that's an important thing. Now another very important important thing is that if you want to pay somebody something, or let's say Let's say uh, WhatsApp. Do you all have WhatsApp? Have you all used WhatsApp? Now, when you installed WhatsApp, did you have to go and start loading your contacts and getting all those, those, those people involved? You didn't. You just opened it up, and it went through all your contacts, and it said, oh, this one's on WhatsApp, this one's on WhatsApp, this one, and then it brought you into your WhatsApp contacts. So what what this wallet does is it does exactly the same thing. Um, if you have a B wallet, and your friend has a B wallet, and that friend is on your address book, it immediately brings in those uh, contacts now I don't have to know uh, these people their address and also remember it's good practice nowadays to cycle through addresses you don't want to have one address um, so uh, that's a complicated thing so this just goes to the, the person uh, links that person directly and then you can go and make payments directly to that person without knowing uh, their address or any of those details um, let's say now you were to select one of those uh, users I'll select my wife right at the top she was user number one, actually user number two, um, uh, what happens now you can go and select her and uh, maybe I'll be a WhatsApp killer, uh, but you can go chat to her uh, or you can now go and actually send her uh, some money. So now the thing here is that I don't want to send her .08653 Bitcoin, I want to send her 500 Rand. So I can now go and put 500 Rand in here and what's going to happen is it's going to send the 500 Rand uh, to her. See it's just a simple little thing but uh, this is what's missing. I mean do you all have Bitcoin wallets? I do and none of them Think like this. It's just a little simple little thing. Um, uh, another important thing now is that you can go and load a meter. So you can go and type in your meter number. So i brought the meter technology into this. Punch in your meter number, write 100 rand, and immediately what's going to happen is it's going to either give you a, a token, which is your, what you punch into a, a dumb meter, or it's going to go and remotely load your meter with 100 rand worth of electricity. So I've got that tech built into the background uh, there. Okay easy simple thing uh, you know people want to buy electricity okay so there, there, there we have it um there's also an airtime function and data so you can go put your cell phone number in there and you can go and buy at uh, a and data for a mobile number it doesn't have to be yours uh can be anybody's um and then also um uh, uh you know all the transactions that you make uh, you can do you, you'll be able to see them now um uh, what we are doing now with our merchants is being able to uh also, I mean, this has been uh, people have been thinking about this for a long time. You always see a Bitcoin QR code and a counter, but no one's making a mission to actually get those things out there. So, um, uh, not in this country and uh, not throughout Africa. So, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to go on a huge mission to get KFC to put a little QR code. And the cool thing about QR codes nowadays is that everyone's used to SnapScan. Everyone's used to Zapper. You know, this whole QR code thing is that's been broken. You know, we don't have to worry about that. So, if ever there was a ripe time now to to dive into this market, it is now. And uh, it's a kind of perfect storm, uh, the way I think about it. That, um, you know, uh, we have this use case of Zimbabwe next door to us, um, where they have lost complete faith in their currency. And all they want in life is Bitcoin. If you were to tell them about Bitcoin, they would say, I'm in. You know, I don't know if you've ever spoken to Zimbabweans, um, I was there going there in a few weeks time again and it doesn't take half a second for me to say, look, there's this currency and guess what, it's not governed by any central bank. And they'll say, where do I sign? So we are living in a very cool time right now. If you're a person who's, who's got these kind of aspirations, um, I know that Bitcoin's been around for seven years and we've all been waiting for Bitcoin to like be everywhere. But uh, man, if ever I felt like the time was right. We just heard this fantastic uh, talk about Africa and the potential growth in Africa and the needs in Africa. You know, this is the time. Um, by the way, there's a business model behind Sendbe. Uh This is not just a, a, a wallet that I'm going to create. Every time you buy electricity, every time you, you buy, buy data, I'm of course going to charge a transaction fee. I'm not going to charge it if it's a Bitcoin to Bitcoin transaction. Uh, uh, and also, if you go and buy something from a retailer, I'll charge that retailer 1% so I can go and exchange those Bitcoins for rands and give them a payment notification. So um, I, I'm not, this is not a pitch for a business, I know, uh, but uh, uh, just to, to show you that you know, like life is moving on and we all think about these things and there's lots of excitement, lots of potential um, from crowdfunding perspective and now I think uh, like, you know, the Bitcoin time is now, as well as other currencies. Okay, so anyway that was it. I, I, I hope I didn't uh, steal uh, time from you by doing all this but I hope that was valuable and happy to answer questions i'm lucky enough to be able to be pulled into these meetings with saab and you know, the reserve bank and uh financial intelligence center because they all want to know about this stuff like what is going on you know and obviously as adoption increases which it will uh it's going to become they're going to become increasingly more uneasy now this is a universal thing not just a south african thing where bitcoin you know if you want to now regulate bitcoin in the same way you regulate currencies you're going to have to now Uh, easily slot Bitcoin into that category and say, okay, Bitcoin is a currency, it's legal tender, it's money, so we're going to regulate it as such. But Bitcoin is one of those things that kind of defies categorization, or at least easy categorization. You know, even we see around the world how, uh, you know, some uh, states in America, they're thinking of it as a commodity, or in Europe, you know, that it's now, uh, you know, it's not just currency, it's, it's something else. So there's going to be a a lot of time and many years of kind of, not just uh, debate between countries, but within countries, different regulators wanting to try and regulate this in their way, the way they understand. So it's going to take years, literally, for everybody to say, okay, we're going to agree that it's this thing and we're going to have to apply these regulations. So we, again, are living in in a cool time right now where the Reserve Bank uh, will say, okay, It's Bitcoin. We can't do anything about Bitcoin. We don't know what it is. We don't understand it. But if you are now, uh, if you're a company and you're uh, providing services to somebody where you're converting Bitcoins from rands or dollars, well, that's our domain. And we're going to want to have our finger on that. And we're going to regulate the way that we understand. So there's going to be KYC and AML and all those kinds of things. But when it's Bitcoin, uh, and I've said this to people uh, and they always laugh. Bitcoin is like pixie dust. Like we don't know what that is, you know. Uh, We can't uh, put rules on it because it it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't exist. Also, remember, Bitcoin is non-jurisdictional. Now, there's no place that it exists. It's not like I have money in this country if I've got Bitcoin. Bitcoin is. There's no way. You know. Uh, At the end of the day, all I own is. uh, I have is ownership over something by virtue of my private key. So. If you are a Bitcoin person now I don't have at this stage uh, people uh, 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 an exchange where people can bring money into the system but I'm kind of seeing I feel like I can see ahead of that if you want Bitcoin and they want to use this they can go get Bitcoin themselves let let somebody else worry about that 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 stuff um, so it's a great place to be uh, reserve bank don't know anything about it and reserve banks around the world they can't figure it out it's kind of like BitTorrent you know the music industry and movie industry have been trying to kill BitTorrent for years but how do you stop peer-to-peer data being moved how do you stop peer to peer-to-peer transactions. You can't the best thing they can do is allow businesses like this, like mine, to flourish so they can at least have some measure of control. I at least kind of know my customers in a way where, that I know their devices and you know, I know their mobile numbers. But if the Reserve Banks decide to come down on this, all they're going to do is drive it underground and it's going to be the same thing. The movie industry, the music industry and the banks all trying to suppress something that they have no control over. So let's take advantage of that and wait and then in a couple of years time we can ask for forgiveness or permission. You know? But right now we don't have to. Uh, in terms of the application for the school and the electricity um, and using the app and so forth, I would assume that there's the cost, like you mentioned, was the, was the, the prepaid meter. Mm-hmm. But in order for that to be rolled out, let's say, for example, we have a need for that in our communities, uh, what would be the, the method of adopting uh, what we have done? Yes, sir. So is like a direct standard? Kind of, Right, so to, to use the electricity uh, thing, you're going to have to have a smart meter. Um, so, And the cool thing is, is that those are being rolled out. You know, I think uh, all, all communities, all schools certainly are going to eventually have these smart meters. Now as soon as that happens, you're in. Because those are now Internet of Things devices and you can now communicate with them, you can draw data from them, send commands. So to me, the barrier of entry here isn't me saying to everybody, hey, we should need to roll out smart meters for this to work. That's already happening. You see, so all we're going to do is wait for those to come up, and then we can say, look, another service we can add to it. So, and in terms of the allocation of the wallet, and all those kind of things, are there a there?